my god. Coca-Cola. Oh, fucking rebel over here. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> this guy wants the world to burn down. You want to pour me a glass of that, though? Yeah. Thanks, bro. God. This is anarchy, Matt. This is why, this is why our podcast is doomed to fail, because you're pouring fucking Coke and Pepsi glasses. <laughs> Whoa. Easy there, buddy. Yes. Them's fighting words. Pepsi's good. Pepsi's good, and it comes in handy for polishing the rust off of chrome bumpers. <laughs> so does Coke. It's very true. What is that feedback I'm hearing? Everybody remain perfectly still for just a moment. Or not. Or get up and walk around. That's pretty much what I said. <laughs> you got the right idea, I suppose. Okay, now it's gone. Oh, it's because of Mitch's fucking cell phone. Yeah, BT Dub's cell phone signals when you're actively using them right next to a mic get very. Yeah, you get that. That little. Gang, 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 yeah. yeah, fucking. Oh. It's cool if you put them on a guitar amp when they ring. It does. It makes like crazy weird sounds. Not feedback, but it's. That's cool. Some weird if I played a musical instrument, I might do that. But I don't, because I have no talent. You guys know what else has no talent? The Savage Land. The Savage Land! I think I hear them. Back we go to ancient caves. Welcome back to the Savage Land. That intro song comes to you courtesy of our very own Matt Hockett, along with a fellow named Mike Cochran, who I do not know. How's it going, fellas? <laughs> and, uh, and, and so we, uh, I want to address something really quick and, and tell you guys a quick story. Um, I recently, uh, in, in the last week, I actually took a, a trip to the Middle East. Um, and while I was there, I, uh, I encountered this guy. Um, he's really strange, you know. He, he, he walks up to me, and uh, you know, he's wearing this, this big green cloak. Um, he's surrounded by guys that kind of have their face covered, you know, really uh, mysterious, I don't know. Um, but he, he comes up to me and he says, you, you look lost. You look like you're missing something. And I said, you know, I mean, that's, it's, a, it's a bit of a personal question, but uh, if, if you must know, yeah, I, I, I am missing something. Um, a friend of mine uh, recently recently passed away. And, uh, you know, and he, he says, I'm sorry to hear that, but, uh, you know, if, if you truly wish it, your friend does not have to be gone. And so uh, he, he took me to this, this temple, this, this fortress um, up in the mountains. And in there, there was, there was this cavern, uh, you know, with a, a giant pit of this this liquid it was, it was glowing kind of green liquid um he brings me in and he says behold the lazarus pit and he had sent out his men to retrieve the corpse of of my lost friend matt davis hockett and they actually submerged his corpse into this Lazarus pit. And he was reborn anew. And Ra's al Ghul looked upon me 
And he said, Behold, your friend is restored. And that friend is here today. I'm not dead. He's not dead. Yay! Matthew's back. Hooray. And we've also got some other people. Let's introduce the rest of the panel. Less important, Rachel. The most important, Mitch. <laughs> How are you guys doing today, man? It's a, it's a great day to be alive, isn't it? Yes? No? It's a matter Anybody? of opinion. It's a matter of opinion. Screw you. I'm very grateful I'm alive. Thank you very much. And I hope Matt is, because freak, dude, that mountain was a bitch to climb. And now I'm indebted to the, the leader of the League of Assassins, so thanks. Glad you... Glad you're really grateful. Is this like some complex DC reference that it I is. don't get? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Poor Matt. That's why he doesn't think it's cool. Yeah, seriously. Come on. That was a that was a story. That took that took a lot of effort to to concoct that. They're there. It wasn't my effort, it was, you know, the effort of Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams that concocted that story, but there, 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 there. What's there? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but guys, we uh, we saw, well, three of us saw a movie this week, and not the movie that we were going to review, because apparently I'm the only one who does the homework. Hey, we tried, so fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> tried at the last minute. I didn't try. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. Um, but no, we, uh, we all saw the new uh, Fantastic Four reboot, and I, I think that there are opinions about this movie a lot of them a lot of negative opinions about this movie but i i don't know i i feel like we we might be a little different than the howling masses <laughs> for some reason we all saw it together um give me give me your impressions of the movie rachel tell, tell me what you really th- kind of what you thought about it i enjoyed it yeah I- Obviously, there's many, many problems with it, but I don't think it's as bad as everybody claimed it would be and still was saying that yeah. it is. I've had to defend it multiple times, actually. Me too. A lot. And I'm not saying it's good. Yeah, I'm just it's... saying that it was fun and yeah. enjoyable. And I agree. What uh, What about you, Matt? What was What was your overall opinion of it yeah i also enjoyed it i thought it was good wholesome fun do you guys agree with me that it's better than the last two fantastic four movies yes yeah yeah i i liked the idea i really liked the idea i hated the runtime you know it was a hundred minutes and most especially origin story movies are usually around you know 120 plus I just don't think they gave it enough time. But I love the actors. I thought that, like, the idea and the element of the fact that, like, these... Especially, like, Reed was, like, scared shitless of his own powers when he first discovered them. Which is... I thought the reactions to their powers was awesome. Yeah. That's kind of a natural way you would react yeah. to suddenly having these powers. And, like, when he comes out and he looks over and sees Johnny's corpse just burning. It's like, yeah. what the fuck? Like, that was... It was good, man. It was... I don't know. There were some lighthearted moments. There was some shitty dialogue in oh, yeah. parts of it. Like, <laughs> okay, Dr. Doom. Yeah, there was some cheesy dialogue, but... I... Yeah. Kind of have to look past that. Yeah, and the last line when they finally figure out their team name. That was interesting. <laughs> yes. To quote my brother, 
It gave me syphilis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was something. But overall, I, I really thought it was a good movie. Like, I, I actually went and saw it again. And the second time I saw it, it was in, you know, one of the larger theaters that I've ever been in. A really large seated theater. And a good portion of the audience actually stood up and gave it, gave it a nice hand, round of applause. That's awesome. It was great. I was like, wow, these people enjoyed this. They were laughing at a lot of the funny parts, you know? They were really engaged. Funny. Yeah. I laughed. There was, they were funny. Reed was... I liked that Miles Teller, like, the way that he walked and, like, was always trying to, like, take up as little space as possible yeah. as he walked. It was, it was cute. And I really liked Sue. Yeah. A lot better than... I hated Jessica Alba because she just fell over and didn't know anything. Yeah. And the Sue actually kicked ass and... She was, was a worthy real of scientists. Yeah, she was worthy of her character. Yeah, <laughs> like she was great. She so was, you mean she wasn't there just to be naked at certain parts of the movie? Exactly. No, she wasn't naked at all. At all. She wasn't Damn even it, revealing at all. Actually, no. When you think about it, I think the most skin she ever showed was her forearms. Yeah. Which fuck yeah! Like, if nothing else, this movie did it showed less skin on a female lead than any other superhero movie has. Yeah, and. The thing didn't have any pants. He didn't have any pants. Yeah, he was the most revealing he character. They, I'm sick of these men being objectified. <laughs> God damn it. First Namor, now the thing. They're just removing clothing. I like it. Yeah. I actually like, I kind of like the element the thing doesn't have a dick, by the way. I actually kind of like that a little bit. Like, oh, this is really shitty and I have no penis anymore. Like, no wonder he's so angry. Yeah. Like, no wonder it's clobbering time. Right. <laughs> what else is he going to do? Yeah, because he can't. Never mind. I'm not going to make that joke. Never mind. Just going to make a clobbering time joke. But I, I saw a lot of people bitching and freaking out that, like, of the, like, sibling abuse aspect of where clobbering time comes from. Did any of you think that was a big, big deal? No. Like, when his brother is like, oh, it's clobbering time and starts hitting him. And his mom freaks out? No. I thought about 90% of the things online that people said about the movie were not a big deal. Yeah. I agree. It's people just freaking out over nothing. I'm I'm 100% convinced there's a conspiracy. Yeah. And there's like micro radio waves being beamed into people's heads to make them decide, I'm going to hate this movie no matter what. Why are we immune to it? You so guys? wait, why are you, are you saying podcast. that I should put some aluminum foil on my head up yes, until please. I yeah, do yeah, see yeah, the yeah. movie? Yeah. Yes. You should actually go into the theater with aluminum foil on your head. And and watch your it whole with body. aluminum foil. Your whole body. Actually. Yeah, 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 that's a good idea. Body <laughs> okay. <get> that's, yeah. <laughs> they I'll really, go get some today. <laughs> these days, they don't just rely on mental waves; they can secrete it through your pores. It's true. Yeah. Well, yeah, then you have to do saran wrap first. Yeah. Because so it primes yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, there'd be a lot of chafing. And, exactly. Yeah. yeah, not good, good okay. thinking. Because you have to be naked. Yeah, and then obviously, wrap and then aluminum and, foil. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. a whole, it's a whole thing. That's how we went. To how the, should yeah. I, how That's should I go about go. the eye holes? Because it could let it in through that way. We'll see. If you just have the saran wrap uh, over your eye holes and yeah, not the okay. the aluminum foil, that'll be okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. If you want to be extra cautious, you can poke a series of holes in the aluminum foil and then see, sort of like Spider Man's lenses. You know, it's yeah. just, just like a yeah. bunch of holes there. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I actually, <laughs> I, <laughs> I really do think that there's a that there is a conspiracy like. And I and this is like half kidding but half serious. So Simon Kinberg, who who I am actually a big fan of, 
who was on this movie, and he was he's a producer on Fantastic Four. He was also brought in to do a rewrite of the script, and he also did the reshooting and editing of the movie. So he is the one that could very well be responsible for messing some things up or, or meddling where he shouldn't have. Now, that same Simon Kinberg is also the writer, director, showrunner of Star Wars Rebels. In addition to Star Wars Rebels, he is also the one of, one of the producers and executive producers of the Star Wars anthology films. So the three that they have coming up in production, Simon Kinberg is, is producing, which means he is both working for 20th Century Fox and Disney. He's a double agent. He's a double agent. Disney owns Marvel. So what I'm thinking is when Simon Kinberg was hired on to you know, produce and be a part of the Star Wars universe, they were like, all right, we'll hire you on. But they've got this movie coming out that they're developing right now called Fantastic Four. We really want to get them back. You think he could go in and, like, fuck it up a bit? <laughs> could, you just, could you just fuck it up for us? You know? Hey, thanks. Just hey, thanks. But I think that, like, honestly could have happened. Like, they're like, look, we, you know, we think you're great and all. But the reason we're hiring you over the billions of other people who would, you know, produce a Star Wars film, just kidding, not billions, but thousands, um, like, you've got something that we want. You've got pull in the Fox Marvel realm. So if you could swing us that, you know, if you could be like, like, what if he's the one that's like, yeah, Josh Trank is out of control, you know, and, and Josh has talked about it a couple of times, like, you know, there's a lot of editorial oversight, you know, they, they modified a ton of what he was doing and told him, like, things that he couldn't do or things that he had to do and things like that. Um, you know, and, like, what if Simon Kinberg just went in and he's like, yeah, Josh is just being belligerent. He's just, he's terrible on set. It's, it's a disaster. Everything's going crazy. So they're like, oh, oh, are you serious? Oh, my gosh. And he's like, hey, guys, I mean, yeah, look, if you need me to, I am a writer and I am a director. So, I mean, I could go in and I could, I could fix it if you want me. If you want me to. If you want me to. I could, I could I'd do that for you. <laughs> it, might be, it might be too late to save it at this point, but I could do my best, guys. Yeah, I'll try. I'll try. Kinberg, that snake. I don't know. That's, it's half serious, but still half kidding. Yeah. I just think it's in the realm of possibility. It's slightly suspicious. Just, just throwing that out there. It's it's suspicious is all I'm saying, you know? That's all I'm saying. But no, I, I like the movie. And I'll, I'll probably buy it on Blu-ray and I'll probably, first of all, watch all the special features because I feel like that is going to be interesting as hell. Like, yeah. who's going to do the commentary? Does Josh Trank come back to do the commentary? Or do they just throw some time and Kinberg in there and like, yeah, here's the thing that we did. <laughs> I did this, and uh, he, oh, yeah, we won't talk about that. But uh, here's this other thing. You know, I, I want to see that just because that's going to be interesting enough. Yeah, I, I honestly don't think it's as bad as Fuck no. everybody's saying it is. And like it's Rotten Tomato score. I don't think it deserves that. Yeah. It's better than most, like... Like, I think the infamous number for bad movies with Marvel properties is number three. You know, X-Men 3, Spider-Man 3 are kind of the, the two front runners there. Kind of dropped off a lot. I think it's better than both of those. I think it's better than Origins. I think it's better than the bad X-Men movies. I think it's better, better than both Fantastic Four movies. Yes. I might not put it above the Amazing Spider-Man movies. No. Yeah, I probably wouldn't. Because Andrew Garfield is just 
and yeah, yeah. That's true. and Emma Stone. Ugh. Ugh. I think it was definitely better than Amazing Spider-Man 2. That's you, though. Amazing Spider-Man 2 is a crappy movie. <laughs> yeah, it was. It is a movie that I have on our list of movies to review at some point, so we'll, we'll definitely get opinions on that, because I was actually pretty positive on that movie. I liked that movie. <laughs> We're a divided table. <laughs> <laughs> We're not allowed to have separate opinions, you guys. <laughs> Controversy brains, in the reviews. Yeah, our brains are all connected. That's why this is a good show. Exactly. <laughs> we agree on everything. Everything. <laughs> but I think it's time to do the catch-up. Um, Matt, I think we'll start with you since you've been dead for a while. So, so dead. So dead. Super dead. <laughs> so I really want to know what you've been, you know, watching, reading. While you were dead. Playing while, while you were dead. dead. Oh, man. Yeah. It's pretty hard Those to watch them. Celestial yeah. media. Uh, no, I have been reading Fables. Yeah. And uh, then I stopped at uh, issue 149 because I don't want to read the last issue 150. Is the last the last issue is the one that they released as a trade paperback, right? Yeah, it's big. Yeah, yeah it's like three hundred pages. That's so cool. It's very cool, but I don't want it to be over. Yeah. So I'm just gonna not go ahead and not. Even really? though, like, I bet it's probably good. Doing the How I Met Your Mother approach. No, the reason you don't watch the last episode of How I Met Your Mother is because it sucked. <laughs> the reason I didn't watch it is because I didn't want it to end. But then I heard it sucked, so that gave it's me more motivation not to watch it. It made the whole <laughs> show dumb. <sighs> No, that's not yes. it doesn't ruin it that much. Yes, it does. It was it's as fine. I'm almost it's through fine. it. That's the greatest sentence. Such. It doesn't ruin it that much. <laughs> it was such a horrible <laughs> ending. Anyway, fables. No, yeah. I bet you it's going to be super good. Yeah, I just don't want to finish. I've I've heard good things. Yeah, but. I mean the whole thing's amazing. And the, anyway, so I started reading Ferrist, which is sort of the, like female protagonist spinoff. Oh, nice. Which is also super good. Really? Yeah. I mean, But is she the fairest of them all? There's a couple fairest of them all. Damn it. It's all the princesses. Yes. Well, Ooh. it's Rapunzel. Cinderella. Cinderella. No, is it Cinderella? I haven't gotten to her yet. I'm pretty sure Cinderella It's Rapunzel and uh, Sleeping Beauty that I've got so far. I think so there's far. four. Man, Sleeping Beauty must be such a buzzkill. Okay. Going on adventures of Sleeping Beauty. She <laughs> fucking falls asleep in the middle. Like, God damn it. Not again. If she pricks her finger. <laughs> oh. Oh. Yeah, well, they her, can't go through any jungles at all. You just keep her... Yeah. Thorns and needles <laughs> keep her away. Uh, no. So I've been reading those. Those have been awesome. Loving them. Um, I've been going back reading the X-23 series. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's super good. Totally messed up. Yeah. I mean, that's one of Marvel's darkest hours. I... Have you read it? I've heard a lot about it, but I haven't read it. It's so messed up. Really? It's like, well, yeah, because she's a clone of Weapon X. Yeah. And then they, like, train her to, you know, they raised her with no compassion, no love. They keep her in a padded room her whole life. Mm-hmm. And they end up, I don't, I mean, I want to say everything if you want to yeah. read it. But uh, it's so twisted. I mean, you can give me the inciting incident, the thing that sets her on the, on the plot course. They to test her effectiveness in the field. They they give her sensei, who has been training her in combat. They put trigger scent on his sword. So when they and her and the trigger scent is what sends her into yeah you know her assassin mode. So she's training with this guy. She's been training with this guy for years. Wow, it's like their last thing. He unsheaths the sword. She triggers and kills him. 
It's yeah, I know. That's that's quite an inciting incident. Yeah, yeah. And it. this is on Marvel Unlimited, correct? Yeah, you can read X twenty three. Yeah, Marvel Unlimited. Uh, we should get a sponsorship. Uh, seriously. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'm keeping up generally with Marvel. I've been. I okay. I do have to say. Yeah. Previously, on the podcast. Yes. Previously on the podcast. Previously in the Savage Land. Uh. I had said that the Bucky Barnes Winter Soldier mm-hmm. was too weird, too much like Starenko and not interesting. Yeah. I take that all back. Really? Because I finally just read them all, and it's fucking awesome. Really? It's <laughs> super good, yeah. It gets, it's weird, but once you kind of get going, uh-huh. like about, you know, through the first into the second issue, it's just him and Daisy. Uh, what's her last name? Quake. Quake. Johnson. Quake. Daisy Johnson. That's uh, a southern ass name. It just gets <laughs> awesome because it's them just in space, like fighting horrible threats to Earth. That sounds cool. It's really cool. Yeah. And it's very. And it's totally funny. It's way yeah. funnier than I gave it credit for. Hmm. Yeah. And it's very Starenko still, as far as style. and. Oh, absolutely. But I do like I'm, that. Now I'm, no, now I'm really into it. Yeah. And I regret ever saying that it was too weird. That's. So that's one of the reasons why I like uh, the DC series Grayson is because it's very Starenko, super like James Bond slash like psychedelic spy thriller weirdness. And there's like this dude that he's working for whose face is literally just a spiral with glasses. And he works for a company called Spiral or an agency called Spiral, but it's Spiral. Ah! That's that's clever. Yeah, but they no, they've got like this face masking technology so that people don't remember their face when they're gone. Mm-hmm. Um, but then their actual leader guy, his face is just a pair of glasses with a hmm. spiral on it, and there's all sorts of like weirdness. There's a guy like in the second issue or third issue, I think. There's a guy who like had his eyes shot out or something like that, and then an experimental surgery was done on him to see through his guns. <laughs> And so he's got these metal plates over his eyes, and to look at anything, he has to point his guns at it. Oh, my God. That's it's awesome. so great. And he's got a handlebar mustache, super <laughs> long hair, and he always wears, like, this super open shirt. Oh, jeez. Yeah. It's really funny. There's this one line between him and, and Grayson, because the dude's, like, he's actually, like, kind of a tormented soul, because um, he's got, like, a his two children got killed, but his third kid survived and was, like, in foster care and stuff, and... He's like, there's this scene where he's standing on top of this uh, roof and he's kind of watching his kid on the playground um, at school, you know, just to kind of see him or whatever. But it's kind of funny because he's standing on this rooftop pointing guns at a child because he has to see him with the guns. But anyway, Grayson comes and he's like talking to him because he he needs something from him. Um, But he's like, they kind of, he talks him down and he's just, you know, communicating with him. And he's like, look, you know, you you don't want your kid to remember you you know, shooting at me because they're, they're kind of at odds with each other. He's like, you don't want to shoot that gun and have your kid look up and the only image that he knows of you to be you shooting at me. You know, let's, let's give him a positive image of you. And they kind of talk, and, like, the last kind of part of it before something awful happens um, is, like, him going, you know, okay, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll go in and talk to him. Do you think I look okay? And Grayson goes, yeah, no, I think you look great. Although you may want to button that. Or like he said, he said, what did he say? He's like, I, I think you should button up that shirt before you scare him off, though. <laughs> <laughs> some just something dumb like that. Some Dick Grayson line that you're like, yeah, what a dick. Hat. 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 It's a play on word. Yeah, because his name. Yeah. They actually. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, like, they play on his name so much though in this series. Like, there's this one, there's this one scene where like. He and the this this other agent are like shooting fire in practice or whatever. 
she's giving him crap about how he sucks at shooting and all that. Anyway, um, she keeps calling him Agent 37, and he goes, at the end of the panel, he's like, that's not my name. My name is, and then you turn the page, and it's just a shot of her, like, naked, but you only see, like, this part up, just yelling dick. And they, they were having sex, which is why it's nice play on words. But, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, anyway, back to Matt. Anyway, Jason. Jason's tangents. Wow. I know, I have a lot of tangents. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know now. No, so I You watched know. like five movies over the weekend, I know that. Uh, I did not watch five whole films. Sorry, four. Over the past week and a half. Same thing. Not even. <laughs> it's really close. Uh, yeah, I watched the movies. I watched The Fly again. I think that should be a movie on our list. We'll do it. Just uh, figure out some way to get Jason to watch it. I'll watch it, man. Um, no, I haven't. I haven't been watching TV though. I have been playing The Witcher. That game's fun. What's it about? Uh, it's like this dude is like a monster hunter. That sounds fun. Yeah, it's like Grand Theft Auto in a fantasy world. Really? With monsters? Yeah. Do you get to steal dragons? No, you get. Yeah, no, you don't yeah, get to steal any dragons. Damn it. Do you, you get to kill hookers? Get a horse. There is some sexy times. There's in there. definitely really? sexy times. There's oh like, yeah. But do you get to kill the sexy times, hookers? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I haven't tried yet. Yeah, yeah. I'll get back to you on you that. You don't really want to kill the sexy time ladies. Uh, in Grand Theft Auto, you do. Well, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guilty of that. Uh, but I think no, we all are. It's it's a pretty fun game, but it's. One of the most gorgeous games I've ever played. Really? Oh, it's absolutely gorgeous. The Just graphics are amazing. Gorgeous. Just so gorgeous. Um, but no, I haven't been diving too deep down the geek hole lately. Down the geek hole. <laughs> other, than, other than reading a lot of comics. Reading a lot of comics is good, and yeah. and we do have a comic to review today. But I want to want to round up the catch up today <laughs> with Rachel. And then Mitch. <laughs> Rachel, catch us up. Um, I've been reading The Phantom Stranger. Oh, wow. Isn't that what they, uh, isn't that what they call, you know, when you sit on your hand first? It's <laughs> <laughs> oh my, <God. laughs> yes. my favorite thing to do. Holy cow, now it's Gave all ruined. Gave myself a Phantom Stranger last night. Now it's all ruined. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. How is the Phantom Stranger? Well, it, now I feel weird. <laughs> it's okay. That's not what they actually call it, I don't think. I hope not. But I loved it. I'm reading yeah, the new 52. Just Stranger, not yeah. the Phantom. Yeah. yeah. Well, I first met the Phantom Stranger in Dead Man. Okay. So I started at the yeah. beginning of Dead Man, and he does some team-ups. Yeah. So this is a new 52, Phantom Stranger. So he's in the Trinity of Sin. Yes. And he... Because they want him in Justice League Dark. Yeah. So everybody from there is in there, and Constantine, obviously. That's awesome. Being Constantine, yeah. which I love. And I absolutely, absolutely love it. Really? Yes. Is that one Is that one written by Paul Levitz, or is it Dan DiDio? It's Dan DiDio. Dan DiDio. Yeah. I have a very, have a very interesting opinion on Dan DiDio. He's one of the heads of DC Comics, and some of the shittier decisions they've made... Have been his. Well, but Phantom Stranger is great. Phantom Stranger, it's a great. very interesting story, really? very mystical. Which so I what's like. for people for people who don't know Phantom Stranger, give us his origin. 
or what he does. The Phantom Stranger is actually Judas. Wow. Who betrayed Jesus, obviously. Bible. Yes. And so he's still repenting for his betrayal. So around his neck, he actually has all the coins, the silver coins. And he has to go through all these trials to get the coins Mm -hmm. to disappear. So... That's really cool. But he's not, like, really doing anything good yeah, in the yeah. world. But he also doesn't know who's making him do all these things either. He just knows that he has to complete these tasks, and then the coins disappear, and eventually he'll be released, because he's obviously been around for a very long time. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Damn, that's crazy. Yeah. So how many does he have left? Um, well, Constantine's holding one hostage. <laughs> Because he wants him to join Justice what a twat. League Dark. <laughs> that's so, Constantine. Yeah. That's, that's of, something he'd probably do. Of course. So, yeah. Huh. He's holding one hostage. I think he's lost three. And wow. then he's got one. That's cool. So, yeah. That's really cool. I, I've always, like, seen the Phantom Stranger hanging around. And I'm like, hmm, I should read that. But I never do. No, I, I loved it. Yeah. I'm going to keep trudging. I'm glad, I'm glad you're, like, diving deep into the... DC mystical universe because I, I really have. I'm very shallow on that side of DC and I've always been very interested but I haven't actually taken the dive yet yeah the next volume actually has like dead man in it and stuff Ooh. I just absolutely love dead man you've got a lady He's, boner on that one I do I found a guy <laughs> that cosplayed as him too and I have to find him and marry him yeah because need to it's your quest now <laughs> it is as long as he wears that costume <laughs> to your wedding yeah oh yeah that would be great that'd be really cool actually now that I think I about it I would totally do that <laughs> <laughs> and I've also been watching Doctor Who. Yeah, which uh, which series? Uh, series eight. Peter is that Capaldi? Capaldi? Yeah. How I, is it? I actually watched the whole thing in a day. Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> How many episodes is it? Well, I had actually watched three, and then I stopped, so I just picked up from there and there's 12 all together so you watched nine 40 minute long episodes in a day well the finale is actually like an hour and (laughs) a half or so (laughs) there you go yes i watched all of them it's all right i did that with uh sherlock i watched the i watched the first two series in one day which sherlock's episodes are fucking long yeah which is awesome i love it because each one of them is like a movie yeah. Like it's close, that. you know? It's like, I think usually they're about 90 minutes or so. Yeah. Yeah. It's damn close to the length of a, of a lot of feature movies. Um, but yeah, no, I, I love, I love a lot of BBC shows. I wish PBS was as cool as BBC. I watch a lot of BBC. I actually had a very long stretch where that's all I watched. Wow. And American accent started sounding super weird to me. <laughs> I'm like, I think I need to stop. <laughs> <laughs> Dived way too deep into this pool. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Wow. But, but Doctor Who is awesome. Yeah. Even though I'm, I think Mitch and I are the only ones that like Doctor Who. Yeah, it's Matt awesome. and I. Matt and I had a conversation about this last night. Is something that people like and just doesn't doesn't tickle my fancy. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> <laughs> it tickles my fancy. <laughs> The doctor tickles my the, fancy. Oh, boy. I think, you, I think you should report that, actually. If your doctor is tickling your fancy, I think uh, somebody should know about that. It's... Well, my doctor is very different than other people's doctors. Oh, okay. He uses his so screwdriver. He, so he tells me. 
I see. With this wibbly wobbly, timey wimey stuff. Oh yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on from that one, Mitch, catch us up on your uh, on your weekend geek. Uh, I went to Salt Lake Gaming Con yesterday. How was it? Uh, it was all right. It was real small. I I get that a lot. Yeah, it was probably about that size. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's got a lot of potential. I mean, this was the first one that they have had, so yeah. I think they've got a lot of room for improvement. This was the inaugural gaming con. Yeah. So one but thing it was cool. One thing I've wondered about it is there a lot of crossover as far as like content and material at the gaming con? Is there a lot of crossover between what you would find at Salt Lake Comic Con? There was a little bit. It was less comic book and a lot more game stuff. And Obviously. Hence the name. A lot Hence of anime stuff. Yeah. There was a whole bunch of anime stuff. There was a Comic Con, too. So, like, they there was one shop con. that had a bunch of prints. And, I mean, I found some Marvel them. prints, some oh. superhero prints. But for the most part, it was almost straight anime, anime. and video game characters. I see. I one thing I wonder, and this is this is like sort of related. Um, I always hear people giving you know American comics crap for objectifying women and and the way that they draw them and stuff like that. And then I open up a manga or watch an anime show, <laughs> and I go, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Because no, like man. the type of art that I see. Yeah, there's actually one time I was, I was watching uh, Witchblade, and my oh, boyfriend boy. at the time came home and he asked me if I was watching porn. Witchblade is a, <laughs> a different realm. That that actually is from American comics, unfortunately. That was Michael Turner's creation. Yeah, but Michael nowadays everybody want to talk like they got something to say, but nothing comes out when they move the lips. Just a bunch of gibberish. Motherfuckers act like they forgot about trade. <laughs> I, I was waiting for somebody to catch on to what beat that was. This actually, the entire beat that's been playing behind us this entire time has been the instrumental to uh, Dre's 2001 album. The Chronic. <laughs> the Chronic. 2001. Yeah. Just had to do that. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I, I still haven't listened to his new album. I really, I'm psyched to listen to it, but I haven't you yet. You just put out a new album? Yeah. Dre just barely put out a new album, like, out of nowhere. Oh, I gotta listen to that. Nobody was expecting it, and it nice. just popped it's up. It's all like, buy Beats. Yeah, Beats the best. Buy Beats. Well, no, because he sold Beats. But he does buy have the logo Beats on there. Beats by Apple. Beats by Apple Dre. <laughs> Apple by Beats Dre, doctors. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Apple by Beats Dre. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. That's the new brand. <laughs> Trademark. Horrible. Trademark Savage Line Podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What else besides Gaming Con, Mitch? Uh, still continuing on the How I Met Your Mother train. Where you at? Uh, just about to season eight. Damn. You're closing so. in on the home stretch. Yeah. Holy and then shit. I, when did you start? Like a week ago? <laughs> I think it's been two weeks now. Holy crap. A season every two days. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and that's with a little bit of Doctor Who mixed in, because my daughter had us restart with the Chris Eccleston Doctor. So we've been watching through that, and I'm to halfway through David Tennant now. Snoop Dogg, motherfucker. There you go. Uh, yeah, I actually like David Tennant, and like that's the one thing that makes me almost want to watch Doctor Who is because I really love David Tennant, and I always imagine that he would have been a good Riddler. But man, if anything, just watch his seasons. His series. 
because he's my favorite. He's, he's the one that got me hooked on the show. I can't wait to see him in Jessica Jones as the Purple Man. Oh, oh yeah. I'm so excited. The Parp. The Parp Man. <laughs> Purple Parps. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm almost kind of disappointed that they didn't dye his skin purple too, though. He's just wearing purple suits. He would have been so fucking great just to have him walking around <laughs> all purple all the time. That's That'd cool, awesome. though, man. I think the other thing that uh, that we've all done this week is uh, read our comic book of the month. Batman Black Mirror. <laughs> <laughs> Sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> comic book <laughs> of the month. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should just isolate that and play it every time now. Probably should. Yeah. That'd be we should, great. We should come up with like a mouth beatbox theme for every segment we do. Oh, that'd be dope. <laughs> we just have the dumbest fucking themes created by the four mouths of the savages. Reminds me of this episode of How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> of course it does. <laughs> because that's your entire life lately. Where Ted thinks he's good at beatboxing when he drinks whiskey, but he's oh, yeah. not. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> I do like the things that Ted thinks he's good at. <laughs> but yeah, we read Batman Black Mirror by uh, Scott Snyder with uh, art by a combination of Jock and Francesco Francavia. I don't really know. Like, I don't know if he does like Latin pronunciation or Italian pronunciation or American pronunci- pronunciation. So Probably could- not Latin. Well, like, I mean, like, Latin American is what I meant. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, like, you know, like, what if it's Francisco Francavilla? Or what if it's Francisco Francavilla? Or what if it's Francesco Francavilla? Well, it's probably Frankie Frank. Frankie Frank. There we go. Frankie Frank. Art by Jock and Frankie Frank. There you go. <laughs> so, Black Mirror was a, a collection of, of a bunch of short stories. We had the, the very first story in this, uh, in this graphic novel was called Black Mirror. Um, and then after that, we had uh, a bunch of other ones. Uh, let's see. There was the Skeleton Key. There was um, Mother fucking tons of other names. I don't even remember. <laughs> there was like five <laughs> stories, though, <laughs> that all tied in together. And, uh, and it really centered, I think, around, I, I guess, just around, you know, Dick Grayson, obviously. But what, what, uh, what, were, what were your thoughts, you know, if, if you were to say a few words about the book right off the top? Rachel? Not for children. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that came out of my mouth. That was me. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. It wasn't Matt. It wasn't Matt, it was you? Yeah. Well, then, Matt, what are your thoughts? (laughs) (laughs) No, you can answer. Um, Not for children. No, just kidding. (laughs) uh, Stop it. I don't know. You don't know? Yeah, it's definitely not for children. Yeah. Uh, or many adults either. <laughs> yeah, I'll just go ahead and chime in. Yeah, no, do it. Uh, let's freeform. Um, it was super good. Yeah, yeah. A little, a little bit lost in the backstory to begin with, and then if you try, if you stop like trying to figure out all the different references and backstory, just let it go. Yeah. It's fine. You can get through it, and it's an enjoyable story for what it is. And so twisted. Freaking twisted. So messed up. I mean, I don't know. How deep are we going to spoil it? Yeah, so complete spoiler warning from this point on. If you haven't read the graphic novel Batman Black Mirror, go and read it before you listen to this if you don't want it spoiled, because we're going to spoil the fuck out of it. All right. I really Um, like the art. Yeah, the art's super good. Yeah. The the Joker looks so messed up. Yeah, the art. So that art that you're looking at right now, Mitch, which uh, the first, the very first story in the trade is by Jock. 
Um, and then when we first meet James, actually, no, what you're looking at right now is Francesco Francavilla. Um, but the the very first story is Jock, and then the uh, when we first meet James Gordon Jr. is Francisco Francavilla. I'm going to say it different every time for fun. <laughs> okay. um, but yeah, no, I, I love both artists. Yeah, so, I mean, one, one thing I liked about it is not being a DC guy, not reading DC really at all, mm-hmm. it's very accessible. Totally. You know, I didn't have to, like, I never felt like, oh, man, this is, I, I, I bet this would be cool if I knew and have read the past 10 years of the series. Mm-hmm. You can jump right in. You know, yeah, you never had that thought. It was. There's only, like, two times where I was like, wait, who's that? Yeah. Okay, and who's that? Okay, I'm good. You know? Yeah. The biggest thing is just the foundational. When you start the story, and, and it's a lot of it's not necessary information. Well, I think it, it gives you a rundown. It does give you the a lot of The first page gives you sort of like a, here's what's going on. Yeah. And that's honestly 90% of what you need. Totally. Yeah. No, And, and that's what I liked about it. Cause this, so this was actually the first comic book that I ever had. Uh, um, my friend who I do my other podcast with, Chase, was the first comic book I ever had him read. Um, and this hooked him completely. And that's why I, I brought this in as our first DC comic. Because he hadn't read any comics whatsoever before. He had just seen the movies. And he read this and instantly tore through like the entire New 52 after reading this. It was insane. He read like every book in the New 52 for the first year within, like I think, the space of six months. All of them. Wow. Yeah, yeah, so I, this, does, this does not make me want to certain, suddenly jump headlong into DC. Yeah. It, no, and I didn't, I didn't it, expect it to. No, but, but it, does, it does pique my interest in the sense that more Batman stories that are this sort of detective mm-hmm. style, I would be interested in reading. Yeah. Because I do really like that it's very much a detective story, yeah. all about him going out finding clues, trying to deal with, you know, talking to all these different suspects. Yeah. Sort of working the journey of him working his way through this puzzle. And I love that in comics. Yeah. Absolutely, and I think I think that's one thing that's important about it is that it was published under the Detective Comics imprint rather than the the Batman title, and I think Scott Snyder definitely wanted to, because a lot of people when they write Detective Comics they're just writing it and writing whatever kick-ass Batman story they want because they're not on the main Batman title but they're basically close to it, and so they just write a story that might not have much to do with detective work. But I like that Scott Snyder did kind of pay respect to the the title that he was on and the character that he was writing. One thing I really liked about it was the element of having Dick Grayson as Batman. Yeah. Um, I liked that... Because uh, one thing that, like, during, during this time when Dick Grayson was Batman, a lot of people just wrote him the same way they would have written Bruce Wayne. Um, the two that really made a big difference on it were Scott Snyder and Grant Morrison, who first actually introduced that story. Um, but I, I loved how quippy he was. You know, like, the, the, the scenes with Jim Gordon, when he, like, you know, he's, like, standing there, and then he turns around, and... and Grayson's like, what, is there something wrong? He's like, oh, it's just normally you, you disappear when I do that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's so good. It's like, because it, it was nice that everyone could kind of tell that he was different, you know? Like, in that scene with the Joker, he's like, you know, my Batman yeah. never would have, you know, like, yeah. The, yeah. the whole thing is like, yeah. you're, you're I not I knew it mine. was you because you were smiling. Yeah. It was so cool. Like, I, I just, I loved that he that he really dug so deep into making this a story that wouldn't be a story if it was Bruce Wayne, you know? This entire thing was really about Dick Grayson himself. It, you know, it wasn't about Batman solving a crime. It was about Dick Grayson solving a crime that was really close to home and and using what was different about him to actually, you know, to actually solve it and to bring it to a resolution. And, and it was very revealing about his character. You know, 
But I don't know what 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 things stood out to you, both of you. Well, I love Dick Grayson as Batman, just because I that's where I came in. Yeah. With Grant Morrison. Yeah. So Dick I I prefer. <laughs> I preferred Dick Grayson as Batman. My only problem is that he wasn't as Dick Grayson. Yeah. Like, but, Grant Morrison had a lot more fun with it. With the theme of the story, it is much darker yeah. anyways. But I, I liked it because I like Dick Grayson. There's serial killers in it. I love serial killers. Yeah. He's super messed up. I love psychos. So, <laughs> yeah, I loved it. I like the aspect that it hit kind of close to home with a lot of the good characters where you've got Jim Gordon and, I mean, his son is the major villain in the whole story. Yeah. And so, I mean, you've got spoiler. that moral aspect. We already gave a spoiler warning. <laughs> <laughs> you got that moral aspect where, I mean, this is one of the best good guys in DC. Totally. And he's got this son that's just completely fucked up. Yeah. I like that aspect to it. And I like that you didn't, like, you kind of still wanted to believe that he was a good guy. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and there were, like, there were so many times where, like, I like that they straight up front were like, there's something wrong with this guy. You know, when you very first meet him, it's like, there's something yeah. fucked up about this kid. But then he kept giving you things to make you kind of try yeah. to think that he was better. Yeah. And then when it shows uh, his other childhood friends, yeah. like, what he did to him. And then when he says to Barbara... Holy hell. That, like, made me cringe. I know. The like, the last fuck? issue was demented. Yeah. It's like, holy shit. Yeah, like... That ending was yeah. fucked up. And then, like, the... And, and Jock did such a good job on that last art when, like, you know, he's got the knife in his eye yeah. and, like, just the deranged look. Like, Well, the knives in her legs, that's what freaked me out. Yeah. Like, hardcore. Okay, so, yeah, there's that, that's a plot point that I was confused about. Okay. He pulled the knife out of one of her legs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then she crawls away, and she stabs him. With the other knife. It's still in her leg. Was it really? The other knife is still in her leg. What did she stab him with? It, I don't think it was a knife. I think it was like a piece of wood sitting on the ground or something, because it's all big and blocky and square. Mitchell flipped to it right yeah. now. Because, yeah, that's interesting. It could have been either an art oversight or... I mean, it's, the other one's definitely still in her leg. Really? Yeah. Let's see. Okay, so yeah, there's the scene. He pulls the knife pulls out. out. And then... Go to where she stabs him. Which is such a oh, powerful there scene. There we are. There's Francesco. And then... Try flipping to the next page and see if there's a knife in her leg still. I like that they, like, right in that scene, they just switched artists in the middle of the issue. There's one in one of her legs. Mm-hmm. You can see it. That's so what, I mean. what, what happens with the first knife then? Go back and see what happens with the first knife that he pulls out of her leg. Yeah, maybe she does take the first knife from yeah. him. I thought he had it in his hand. Yeah. It in his hand. It's interesting. And it looks like she's grabbing the knife. Okay, oh, so yeah. she pulls it out. The knife out of his hand? Out of her leg, but then it, it does show back oh, up so in yeah, it's the just an art error. leg later on. I don't know. Huh. Anyway. anyway, yeah. No, no. I... Go no, ahead. No. Oh, I was just going to say, I mean, yeah, that's, that's one thing I really liked about this is these, the couple of these scenes where it was such a traumatic moment and the art was so perfect for it. Yeah. 
Like when Jim Gordon opens up the shower for his ex-wife and oh, she's hell. like, Ugh. looks like all fucked up from the Joker poison. Yeah, oh, she like horrible. And that was, and that's something that Jock is insanely good at. I noticed like with all the really horrific scenes, like as soon as he is James, James Gordon, James Gordon Jr. gets stabbed in the eye, the art switch over, switches over to Jock, like right after that page. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that's why is because he draws such like crazy, creepy, horrifying images. Same with when uh, Barbara was in the, the bath. Like she looked so creepy. Yeah. She looked super creepy. And her eyes were full of so much pain in yeah. that picture. I mean, you could tell that yeah. she was not having it. Yeah. Oh, totally. And that was very cool. That wasn't like, let's make her completely psychotic. Let's make her have an awareness of what the hell she's doing to herself. Yeah. Which makes it so much more fucked up. Yeah. No, I, and I like, I like how every element that the, like each short story kind of introduced an element and furthered the narrative a little bit, really introduced kind of a new element of the story. And then in the last story, all of them sort of tied together with, yeah. Well, because what I liked is that James, was behind everything from yeah. the beginning. Yeah. But you don't find that out until the well, end. Okay, so that does also lead me to another question. He wasn't the Peter Pan killer, though. James Gordon? I don't think so. Okay. I, I didn't think, think he so. he just used the Peter Pan killer. Either. That yeah. guy was, the old guy. Yeah, the yeah. old guy. Okay. Yeah, because I think, like, because so there was the, that scene with the box of keys and stuff. Right, but so, right, which is what I just confused. I was like, wait a minute, those yeah. are all the keys. I think it's something that's meant to be left implied and left you wondering. Yeah, so, I mean, what's the connection there? So he, because that guy tried to kill James Gordon Jr. He came up to, to kill James Gordon Jr. when they were up at that camp. When he, Barbara, like when they were staying up at that cabin and yeah. Barbara's friend was there. Right. He came up to try and kill him. So what's implied is that James Gordon sort of learned the ropes or something from this guy. Well, no, that he, that he actually did something to the guy. Oh, that James Gordon killed him. That makes more sense. Yeah. Okay. So it was, yeah, like, it's just fucked up, man. So fucked up. It was incredibly twisted, and I was not expecting it to be that messed up. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I like about Scott Snyder, because he, and this is not the most messed up book that Scott Snyder has written. <laughs> He's writing Witches right now, which will... Oh, I actually just got that, because oh. it was $4. Yeah, because so it's image. I, I'm, I'm going to start reading that. It is fucked up. Don't read it right before bed, for real. Like, it will, it scared the shit out of me. <laughs> that book, like, haunted me. And it's the same artist, actually. It's Jock, again. Ooh. Is yeah. that a connected universe thing, or is it its, its own thing? Uh, no, Witches is, uh, is just an image comic that's independent title, so oh, there's no okay. other I'm things attached to it. Put that on my list, then. Yeah, it's so good. It's, it's really good, but it is so twisted, so, like, don't expect it to be lighthearted at all, because no, it's... I'm, I'm, I'm fine with twisted, no. It's I just... Fucked. So I should read it to my kids before they go to definitely. Yeah, sure yes. to yeah if you want your kids For to sure. die, because <laughs> <laughs> like it'll make you afraid of trees, like, it, and not only just trees, but other normal things that you encounter every day. So it's like Doctor Who. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, uh, yeah. No, I. I love these. I actually, I wish there had been more Tim Drake in this, because like they're the little know, yeah. moments were so good, like. Careful, Red Robin. They're wearing sunglasses at night, which means they're really cool. <laughs> very, very cool. Yeah. <laughs> I started laughing so hard. When which, I read that's that what one. I love about Dick Grayson. Exactly. It's just those even, things that he says. Yeah. Like, even when he's having some fucked up shit go on, he still has to make jokes just yeah. to, like, deal with it, which is so cool. Ah, oh, it, so, it was so good. And, and Tim Drake is still one of my favorite characters, and I hate hate the name Red Robin and I hate what they've done with him the last few years and especially <laughs> that Red Robin costume was so bad it looks like yeah. Space Ghost yeah. yeah 
<laughs> like, yeah. it was bad. And it was the reason that they chose that costume was an homage to Mark Wade's story, Kingdom Come, which was like one of the best DC comic stories of all time. Um, and that's the reason they chose the name as well. I just wish they could have just left that alone and moved on to something new. I would have even preferred Redbird. <laughs> all this talk about Red Robin makes me hungry. Yum. I think I might go there tonight. <laughs> yeah. No, but I, I loved, like, and, and with Babs, too, like, when he's up in her watchtower and, and he's like, you think, you know, you think that I have a problem, what did he say, like, you think I have a problem staying somewhere or, like, that I move too much or whatever? Yeah. She goes, you're literally saying that with one foot out my window. Like, Yeah, I loved that. It's cool. And I love her headquarters, too. It's so, like, fitting for Oracle just to be up in this, like, big, like, Space Needle tower. Yeah thing that's awesome i i loved her as oracle like i'm glad that she's batgirl again because there's awesome batgirl stuff happening but she was great as oracle she kind of kept like the network of the bat family connected um and in a lot of other bat comics you know she's kind of there the voice in their heads the thing she's sort of coordinating all of the crime fighting between everyone in the bat family all like 10 crime fighters at that point that were part of it and just like weaving this sort of network and you know being dispatched basically like Mm -hmm. super cool um but no, I, I love that despite, like, that it stayed true to her being a fighter, being Batgirl. You know, like, she's in a wheelchair and it doesn't matter. Like, she's still, like, standing up for herself. Yeah, and she's like, still kicked ass. Yeah. Fucking great. Fucking great. And to explain the relationship so that everyone's not super confused, James Gordon, or Jim Gordon Jr., is Commissioner Gordon's only blood son. Barbara is his daughter by adoption but is still related to him by blood because she's his niece. Um, his, his brother and sister-in-law got killed in a car accident, and so then he adopted Barbara when she was fairly young. Um, but he adopted her after James Gordon Jr. had already actually been born. And then as far as James Gordon goes, they refer to the fall a lot. You know, they're like, I don't know if it was the fall or if it was something else. That's something that happened in Batman Year One. Um, do you remember the scene in The Dark Knight when Harvey is holding... Um, Jim Gordon's kid, Harvey Dent is holding his kid and he's putting the gun up to him and deciding if he's going to die or not. That scene was ripped almost directly out of Batman Year One just with different characters. Um, but basically the same type of scene where, where you know somebody almost kills uh, Jim's Gor- Jim Gordon... God fucking damn it. Jim Gordon's son. And so it has kind of a traumatic effect on it. And then Scott Snyder noticed that like nobody had even made reference to James Gordon Jr. in all of the years since Batman Year One, in the 30 years since Batman Year One. So he's like, what the fuck ever happened to him? <laughs> so then he just like <laughs> oh, asked. this is what happened. Yeah, exactly. He's like, hey, he asked DC Comics, like, hey, do you guys mind if I make Jim Gordon's son into a serial killer? And they're like, yeah, fuck it, sure. Sure, go for it. <laughs> so I, I love that because he, he is so... He's such a Batman nerd that he knows little things like that. Like, nobody's used James Gordon Jr., for 30 years and you know like it's great so great but anyway if you were to if you were to rate it on a scale of 10 what would you give it anyone eight eight we can go about a seven seven yeah around there around seven all right i mean it was really good yeah i definitely enjoyed the hell out of reading it yeah it was a like for how long it was it was a quick read I try to reserve nines or tens for something that's completely extraordinary. Yeah. So I'd go seven or eight. Yeah, I'd give it about an eight as well. I, I really love this book, and, and I'm a huge Dick Grayson fan. Ever since he was Nightwing in the animated series, I've just always kind of just loved him. Yeah, it, <laughs> you know, it was nice to read a Batman story and have it be refreshing. Exactly. You know? Yeah, 
And I so if you if you liked this story a lot and you liked the characters involved in the story, one story that's great to read after this one is Batman Gates of Gotham. It's only I think four issues. Um, the last Batman story with Dick Grayson as Batman, Bruce Wayne has returned, and Bruce Wayne actually is wearing the cowl. But this one centered like they're both being Batman kind of at the same time. It's really interesting. Two Batman, two Batman, improbable. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Gates of Gotham is is um, plotted by Scott Snyder. The dialogue and the issues are written by Kyle Higgins, who went on to do the Nightwing uh, series and Batman Beyond. Um, but it basically is is the last Dick Grayson Batman story. It features Red Robin. Um, and Batgirl, and like it features basically the entire Bat family, and it stat like it it does a really good job of like establishing their relationship. But it does something that Scott Snyder goes on to do in Court of Owls that's awesome, and basically it retroactively adds a lot of mythology to Gotham, like this a lot of sort of interesting things that are brought up, you know, like things from the past that are brought back up in the present. Um, via very like interesting crimes and stuff like that and so it's a really awesome story and again super short it's four single issues um you know less than 100 pages uh you know quick story but great dialogue great interactions and the plot is actually really good done by scott snyder still so if you like this book go read batman gates of gotham i think it's like 10 bucks or something like that so so what's the analogous real world city to gotham kind of a combination of new york and oakland Oakland? Yeah. I always thought Chicago. It, I guess, it, I mean, they, they do a lot of filming in Chicago. I guess Chicago might be a better example. The, the reason I say Oakland is just for the fact that, like, Oakland is a city that is just, no matter what, it's always filled with crime, like, no matter what people do. Yeah, there's just no but, skyscrapers, really. Though. Exactly, yeah, there's no skyscrapers. Um, no, I just yeah. asked because I always figured Metropolis was the New York. Yeah. And then what is Gotham? That's, you're probably closer. I mean... In like it was in one offhand comic, it was mentioned that Gotham was in New Jersey, one time. But okay. really, it is it is closer to Chicago as a city, and they do most Batman films film in Chicago. Is there a like a world map in DC that you can look at? Yeah. that shows where it there is. is. They location wise, it's New Jersey. Oh, okay, but uh, yeah, I mean feel wise and population wise and all that stuff, it's kind of a combination of New York and Chicago. Okay, whereas um, Metropolis is sort of like the. New York. If all the people from San Francisco were to just move to New York randomly, is it in New, New York? Is it out? where New York is? Pretty much, in yeah. The comics, yeah. yeah okay. There, because basically, like Metropolis and Gotham in the con- in DC continuity are, are really close to each other. Oh, okay. Um, and actually, in the new movies, um, like in Batman v Superman, Metropolis and and New York, or I mean, Metropolis and Gotham are going to be across the bay from each other on the East Coast. Oh, that's cool. Which is way cool. And yeah. they're basically making it the dichotomy between San yeah. Francisco and Oakland, but with more population. Got it. Okay. So I, I really like that because they can basically see the two cities. Yeah, that'll be interesting to finally see sort of like a visual representation of how that works. Yeah. I'm really excited about that because they showed that a little bit in the pre, like in the preview. There's one shot that kind of goes over, and you can see sort of the difference. And Zack mm-hmm. Snyder's talked about. It. He's like, you know, the people, the people who live in Gotham, are going on the ferry every day to work in Metropolis, and then going back and stuff. You know, like when they're, you know, if they're working lower income jobs or whatever. Whereas Metropolis is where kind of the the prosperity is happening. You know, and Gotham is kind of just this sort of downtrodden, lower class, blue collar type city. Oakland with more people. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no, I I like it, and there actually is a map of Gotham online that I use to reference all the time. Like when I'm reading a comic, and they like reference where they are or something like that, I'm like, ah, 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 oh, oh, they're right here. I like doing that. I like maps. Yeah, I do too. Maps are fucking great. I like maps, and especially like. <laughs> <laughs> 
There's a character in Gotham Academy you'd like. His name is Maps. Or her name. Her name. Her name is Maps. Same thing. I don't know. They're all kids. (laughs) (laughs) She's a girl. (laughs) Gotham Academy is great. Gotham Academy is great. The one thing that bugs me, though, is for the plaid design, they just kind of like... Yeah. Throw plaid on there instead of like drawing the which, which doesn't bother me that much, but I it bugs me a little bit. It's totally random it and is, stupid. It is very random and stupid. <laughs> Story of my life. Um, <laughs> but is there is there anything else that you guys wanted to uh, discuss or, or bring up or talk about or think uh, about? Silently? Next month's book club. Yeah, next next month's book. Uh, Rachel brought it up last time. Five ghosts, not one. Not two, not three, maybe four, but five. Not maybe four. No, maybe. No, maybe it's it five. Could be four. No, it's, it's, it's five. five. Only read part of the story. It would only be four. No, Ugh, it could be. They're all there at once. Well, I mean, it's, it's. So is it a <laughs> is it a set run? Or that like are there twelve issues? We read those, or we're we just going to read? Oh yeah, however many there are so far. We did not decide that. Um, First trade. Well, I've only read uh, volume one. The first trade. So Five Ghosts, Volume 1, a.k.a. The First Trade. Okay. So issues one through probably like nine or something. Or maybe, actually, it's an image book, so probably like five or six. I think it's six. Six? Okay. Yeah, it's not very long at all. Yeah. Well, cool. The Walking Dead image ones are three or four. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, fuck The Walking Dead. That's because Robert Kirkman sucks. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> he doesn't suck. He's cool. Yeah, no, that's a great comic. I, I'm really pissed because, speaking of Robert Kirkman, I have the two giant invincible compendiums that are like 50 issues a piece. And, uh, I can't find my first one. I had like two more issues left to read in my first one and I can't freaking find it. And it's a big book. It doesn't get lost very easily. And I can't find it for the life of me. Yeah. You let somebody borrow it and forgot. I probably did. Yeah. And I'm trying to figure it out. I keep posting on Facebook like, Hey, does anyone have this? No one's (laughs) responded yet. (laughs) So I got to figure it out. But no, so, so Five Ghosts. Oh, and actually, if you're interested in Five Ghosts or if you read it and you're like, damn, this is really cool. Um, there was recently a, a, on Nerdist Writers Panel, um, they had the writers of, uh, of Five Ghosts, the writer of Convergence, the writer of Grayson, um, and the writer Charles Soule, who's the new writer on Daredevil, but he's also written like Swamp Thing, uh, Superman, Wonder Woman, She-Hulk, a bunch of other things. Um, they had a, a panel with them at San Diego Comic-Con. They just barely last week uh, posted the episode of it. And it was really interesting to, to hear. They were just talking about their writing styles and stuff like that. So if you like Five Ghosts, it's a good interview to listen to. Topical. <laughs> 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 oh, boy. All right. So, and we, uh, we did say last week that we were going to watch and review Superman 2, the Richard Donner cut. Um, that only happened for one of us. So... What we will do is next week we will bring you our review of the Richard Donner cut, and hopefully we will uh, we will do weekly reviews after that. I think we should go back and forth. I think we should go back and forth. What comics and then a, a movie, comic yeah. and then a movie. Then you have two weeks. That's true. But then the comics, it's like I don't know. Well, I guess we could do a comic every two weeks if we wanted to. That's easy. Is that easy? Okay. Dude, I pretty do so fast. Really? Yeah, I read the Black Mirror in probably about 40 minutes last probably night. probably true. Yeah. I burn through comics. Yeah. I do, too. I guess I just, like, I don't set aside enough time normally, so, I, yeah, it's doable. Okay, so I fine. I do it at work, so. Yeah, I hate you for that. I just I, have a pile, and it's gone within the day. 
I wish I could read my <laughs> comics at work. That would be so great. Um, but I can't. I try sometimes, but then I almost hit people, you know. Yeah, it's doesn't probably... make a very good. Yeah, I don't time drive read. and read comics. Yeah, that's probably not a good idea. It's <laughs> our PSA for the day. Yeah, <laughs> it's a it's a good PSA. <laughs> don't drive and read comics, kids. Yeah, but uh, I think that does it for this week. So feel free to follow us on social networks and things like that. Savage Land Podcast on Facebook, Savage Land Pod on Twitter. Um, subscribe and review. You know, let us let us know you're out there. Let us know you love us. Let us know that you hate us. Maybe if you hate us. Um, and also, just a reminder, if you've got music that you want us to play on the opening or the end of our show, uh, send it in. Music at SavageLandPodcast.com. We'll send you out with uh, Fight for Your Right by Beastie Boys. 